It's Monday, and that means it's time for another episode of the Catfish on Ice podcast. We're bringing you episode 23 tonight. This is Chad Bitten, your host, with Colin Bloom and Rich Howe. Uh, we are really excited to bring you uh, a, another episode here. How are you guys doing? Doing good. Doing, doing good. good. It's, it's, it's the, uh, hey. It's Michael Jordan episode, baby. That's right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey. It's the Rocco hey, Grimaldi a- episode. It's the uh, you just episode. put a lot of you just put a lot of pressure on us right there by doing the MJ episode there. Now we really now we really have to deliver here because man, that's you're going back to my childhood now. Like MJ is like a god to me. So that's Absolutely. all right. So so anyway, we have a, we do have a really exciting episode for you because the Preds have out of nowhere won four out of their last five games. Granted, against mostly the same team. But, hey, we're going to take those wins. I don't care who comes against. We're taking those wins and we're running with them. That's right. So, yes, the Preds have uh, just swept the Columbus Blue Jackets again. So we are going to talk about those both of those games and just what we saw from that game. Then we're going to go back to our division preseason division predictions. Uh, right before the season started, all three of us, uh, myself, Colin, and Rich, uh, predicted exactly how we thought the division was going to finish out. And so we're going to look back at our predictions. Uh, we're going to – see if maybe we need to change our opinions or if we still kind of feel confident in our original picks. We're a little past a third of the way through the season, which is hard to believe. Really, honestly, this season is just flying by. Going so by we're going to get into that. And then to wrap up tonight's episode, we are really pumped and honored to have the Ultimate Predator join our show. Uh, super fan of the team. Uh, everyone knows who the Ultimate Predator is. And uh, we are really, really honored to have him join the show. So he's going to join us later for an awesome segment. And we're going to talk some hockey with him. Get uh, Just kind of like figure out all the stuff that he's he's been in his fandom with the team and everything. So we are really excited about that. So let's jump right into it. We are presented by DraftKings. And uh, we are really excited to have them as our sponsor. And they have a really awesome deal still going for you where you can download the uh, Sports King app, uh, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and use the promo code THPN to basically bet any team will hit a three-point shot in a basketball game. All you got to do is bet $1, turn that into $100. Easy bet right there. Use the promo code THPN for new users only. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia. Uh, Restrictions apply. And those winnings will be in four $25 bets. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-WITH-IT or in Virginia, call 888-532-3500. So, Preds have won four of their last five. They're climbing up those those standings slowly but surely. I think Rich uh, put a really funny tweet out there not too long ago where it was like basically a guy climbing a mountain, like a yeah. cliff. Yeah. He's in like a, or yeah, whatever. That's uh, kind of what it feels like right now. Yeah, they're 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 making headway, but they're still they're still like six point seven points actually out of that coveted fourth spot. So yeah. you know the points are good. Just got to keep going, doing what they're doing, and hopefully they'll uh, make some headway. Yeah, it's it's tough to like really navigate too, because like not everybody's played the same amount of games. So yep. in normal season around this time, you know, everybody's kind of in that same bubble. Whereas, you know, we've played twenty ones, and people have played, you know, 
up to 23. Some people have played as little as 16. So it's kind of hard to really say, you know, yeah. where we're at truly. But yeah, it's we're making progress. Progress is still progress. What's funny is when you look at the standings, like the top four are really there's 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 a big separation between the top four and the bottom four. So yeah, it's just a lot of points in the like to 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 uh, climb up to that top or top so, spot. So let's uh let's let's go to game one. So it was a true back to back. Uh, matinee games on Saturday and Sunday against Columbus. And we all kind of have that extra pep in our step when we're playing Columbus right now. And that just doesn't include this season. Like in Preds history, the Preds mm-hmm. have dominated the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's just – it's crazy the domination that they've had over that franchise. And we're talking about some really good Columbus Blue Jackets teams over the years. And the Preds have just always played them very well. And so that that's continued this season. And so uh, five of six game, five of the six games this year, the Preds have come out with a win. So half of their wins this season has come against one team, and they're over a third of the way through the season. If that's not a mind-boggling statistic, I don't know what is because that's just – but it kind of makes you wonder how misleading is it because yeah. you, you're you always going to have a good matchup against, like, certain teams. And when, when half of your wins are against one team, it makes you wonder – Okay, can they do this against other teams? And so that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with it. Even after seeing the Preds win these two games and there are four or five wins, one of those wins came against the Red Wings, which we all know who the Red Wings are. So it's just for me, you can call me negative, but I'm having a hard time really getting really excited and confident again in this team. How are you feeling about it, Colin? Yeah, I mean it's everything's with a grain of salt, right? So like I said earlier about the points kind of being kind of off because you really have to almost look at the winning percentage right now. But, um, you know, Columbus is, is not above 500. So it's like, we beat a losing team. That's if your team is, is anywhere decent, you hopefully they, they do get those wins. And so, you know, really it, it's one of those things where it's kind of hard to really take it at face value. Um, we do have a win, better winning percentage than, than, than now it's just, they played more games. And so if we were to go off percentages, you know, we, we have a better team, we should be beating them. You know, we have a number, we match up well against them. Um, I was a little worried when they got when they got line A of what it was going to look like with him in the uh, lineup. Yeah. We've contained him, you know, for the most part. He's been contained. I mean, he's been an agitator and he's been a little bit of a nuisance at times. But you know, the way looking at the way they contained him also was very interesting because they did not let him. He didn't get any shooting lanes, but also whenever there was a stoppage in the play, he was getting ag- agitated. You see guys like Colton Sissons kind of you know trying to t- trying to edge him out a little bit and say, hey, like you know, let's let's go at it. They were trying to get under his skin a little, so. Gotta appreciate that. You know, anytime you can put a bunch of guys, not just one guy, in Tortorella's uh, uh, doghouse, it's always good. But it, it's, I, they kind of are who I thought they were. We could talk about that in the division discussion, but um, it, it's just nice to get the four or five wins. The only thing that mm-hmm. kind of concerns me is that, you know, most of our wins out of the 10 wins have been come against Columbus, and we have to beat these other teams um, to really be who we want to be as a team if we want to be a contender. It, it's kind of a tough spot to be in right now because it's like we're right on the cusp of thing of like, do we blow it up or do we try to stay the course or do we think we're close? Um, you know, right now, more, more often than not, it feels like we're, we're in that place where we got to blow it up. But then you yeah. see a series of like, you know, we, we played against Columbus and it's like, all right, there's something there, but we got to translate it to other games and other teams. I and mean, we know we match up against Columbus well, but we got, we got to start matching up against other teams well too, and taking those, uh, taking those teams to task. So we'll see if it translates, but uh, it's take it with a grain of salt is my best bit, yeah. bit of advice. Yeah. So I would say it something's wrong with this picture when you don't worry about playing Columbus, but you worry about playing Detroit. I mean, that's, <laughs> something's something's off there. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But 
it's I feel the same way. It's like you get um excited for these points and you get excited for these wins, but then you know, you got Carolina coming in here on Tuesday and you know that they have to beat these other teams, but you just like you just don't know if they can. You hope they can, and they're on a surge, which is awesome. But I mean, like we, we and, said before, they lost to Detroit, and that's yeah. That well, hey, never- Carolina. So Carolina is playing tonight, so we are catching them in a good time. We're catching them on their mm-hmm. own back to back because this is a makeup game from no, a previously right. canceled game because that was this was supposed to be the fourth game of the season when there was that COVID scare with the Carolina Hurricanes. Right. Uh, so that's where this game's coming from. But uh, do have uh, let's, let's go to game one first, the Saturday game. Uh, Matias Eckholm makes his triumphant return Boy, to the lineup, is. scores two goals, and they weren't flashy goals by any means. I mean, the dude's out there just filtering pucks towards the net, and good things happen, right? Matias Eckholm is such a smart player. He mm-hmm. makes the right plays. He it, he'll he'll get into the zone with the puck, and he'll bounce it off the boards and and create a shift, an offensive shift. Like he he's just smart. He knows when to maximize the offensive opportunities. And it doesn't mean he's going to be the guy that scores the goal every time. Obviously, because he's not a he's not a Roman. He's not like a offensive defenseman, prototypically speaking, but. You just saw it. I mean, he came into that game on Saturday, and both of his goals were just him creating opportunities in front of the net. And he just happened to get credit for the goals. But even if he didn't get credit for those goals, he was creating havoc in front of the net, and he was making things happen. So that was awesome to see that. It's going to make it even harder when he's very likely going to be traded. Well, well we've already I, talked about that. We're not going to get in that too deep. But I, I will gonna- say – I was going to say he added to his value a little bit, though. So that he he definitely added he to his value, for sure. Yeah. He had four shots on goal in that game. Um, that was his first multi-goal game of his career. That yep. was kind of surprising. Even though he's wow. not a crazy offensive player, I still was a little surprised to see that, that he had never once before scored two goals in a game. Um, so that was big. Soros, he got the start. I was really – like I put this out there right before that game started on Saturday. I'm like, I'm really hoping – he can get a good start under his belt, start building that confidence. And he gave up an early goal in that game. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. Here we go again. But uh, he ended up rebounding from that, 29 saves on 30 shots. So that was huge. Other players that stood out to me in that game, uh, Borowiecki had four blocks, two hits, and just 12 minutes of ice time, so very productive in his role. Mm-hmm. Uh, the power play went 0 for 4, so you know that's kind of an eyesore. But the penalty kill – is continuing to show that gradual improvement. They went three for three. And then Eric Holla had five shots on goal in the game, so he's starting to get his game up a little bit. So, overall, it was a very defensive game, as you would expect, between these two teams. And the Preds, once again, came out on top in game one. So, you know, that's kind of so, what we got from game one. Speaking to your stats there, um, you know, penalty kill has been kind of our Achilles heel, uh, especially with us being only – we're not – we're not the worst team in the league. We're, we're the fourth worst now. We actually climbed up a spot. We were third worst. Uh, we just over, overtook. Oh, the okay. And we overtook the Pittsburgh Penguins. So that's all. That's even <laughs> better. Okay. But so just we're, like we're, just like the division standings, the penalty kill, we're also climbing up that mountain that Rich likes to talk about. Exactly. <laughs> like we're just- the only team that's worse than us on there is uh, the Detroit Red Wings, but uh, you know, right. that's we'll, we'll take that. You know, we're still it's yeah. better than where we were first because we for a long time we were at thirty one, so that's nice to see. And then power play is also you know Sunday, Saturday wasn't great, but Sunday helped us improve those stats. We're actually in the the 
we're out of the bottom third of the league. We're in the 20, what 28 spots. So that's always good because we were we started out very very low there too. But uh, I tweeted out earlier uh, on Sunday. It looks like Mateus Ekholm is he was on IR because apparently he was having a rocket launcher t- you know attached to his wrist <laughs> surgically. But yeah, yeah. the dude just he drops bombs. But it's it's kind of goes back to what you're saying about he's very almost surgical he knows where his leverage points are for offense to generate offense from the four check and from the blue line and yeah i think you know i've been saying for a couple of years now if, if forsberg didn't if, uh not forsberg if Elkholm didn't have um you know guys like ryan ellis and roman yossi playing in front of him he'd be a, probably a perennial all-star on almost any other team top blue line player potentially on almost any other team if a team like boston does that and that's crazy because they already have some good defensemen but he just adds that much more skill but the guy plays the mental game well he knows he's got a just an absolute monster of a shot um, can bomb it in there, but also knows when to do it and how to do it. So speaking yeah, of he's good. Speaking to Ekholm, he is actually number one on TSN's trade bait list yeah. right now. So yeah. that's, I mean, he's, he's on everyone's radar right now. Yeah. So and, it was also his 200th point. I don't know if you guys saw that. that yeah, was, yeah. I did see that too. So milestones yeah. all the way around there yeah. for Ekholm. And then another the funny one. thing was, uh, in the, the after the game, the press conference, Philip Forsberg said they asked him about Ekholm's goals, and he said, uh, "Well, the first one was a laser, and the second one was a muffin." So <laughs> the kind of he kind of he kind of knew. Those are the quotes. Those are the quotes you love, right there. Yeah, especially from so, Forsberg. Um, awesome game. So game two, you go into Sunday. Game two, you're feeling good. You're feeling confident because you're playing Columbus again, and uh, the P, the penalty kill again went three for three. Shots and goal were even at 29-29. Soros almost had a virtual, basically the same type of game. Uh, he had uh, 28 saves on 29 shots. Um, so just he put together back-to-back solid starts, didn't give up any of those weak goals or soft goals. Um, so just another it's, – it's almost like the Preds have figured out how to play Columbus. But, hey, I got a little bit of bad news. We don't play mm-hmm. Columbus again until May. That's right. Yep. So yep. you pretty much milked all you can milk out of beating Columbus. It's time yeah, to show that you can beat other teams. I'm sorry. Like yes. I mean, it's great to dom- it's that. great to dominate one team. It's, it feels good, but hey, that ship has sailed. Well, we, we're yeah. guaranteed at least that by by season's end, we'll have at least beaten one team more than they've beaten us. So that that, that does feel good. That, hey, that's a silver lining right there. Over here. Hang your hat so. up there. It was good. We, we got we got a little good cop bad cop going on over here. I'm I'm like the yeah. I'm like the negative person over here, but that's a good point to make there, Colin. And, and one one highlight that I think you know stood out from Sunday's game was uh, Ryan Johansson and Victor Arvidsson finally getting points off of uh, yes. off of assists. So yes. finally finally getting on the stat board because I mean they're due to regress or not regress but almost progress back to their mean of you know what they were doing producing. We need to see that from them. So it was good to see that. And Eric yep. Holland, and then, Holland got yeah. a goal. Yeah, and that shorthanded that was goal was, was huge right there. And then yeah. let's talk about Tolvanen, Ellie Tolvanen's power oh, play yeah. goal. I mean, yeah. we're we're getting a taste of what's to come with Ellie Tolvanen. I mean, this, uh, I mean that Forsberg Tolvanen connection on the power play, pump that into my veins right now. Oh, Can't yeah. get enough of. It. I mean, it's just so smooth. His shots are goalie nightmare fuel. I mean, you watch the way how quick he releases the puck from when he's shooting. It's just. It, it's crazy. Like it's a blink of an eye, and the puck is off of a stick, and it's flying towards the net. I mean, the guy. The way, just, for, the way he's Forsberg, wrong. the way Forsberg and Tolvanen are playing together. Oh yeah. On that power yeah. play, I'm like, oh my gosh, we actually yeah. have we have a really good weapon now on and the even, power play. 
and even Granlin, I was kind of like, okay, Granlin at center, let's see how this plays out. Granlin's dealing, like he he's yeah. moving the puck, and he he's a good he's a good connection piece to those two players to be able to keep possession, but also make sure that he distributes at the right time. I mean, that's that's the the Stashville line, I guess, but it's yeah. just, it's they're fun to watch. And yeah, I mean, between those two, they're the lethal scores. We finally look like we have a tandem that could that could threaten some teams. And we've not really when we played Dallas and we played Tampa Bay, we really didn't see that because that combination wasn't there yet. I'm curious to see. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to beat Dallas or, or Tampa just yet, but if we were going to steal a game from them, I think it comes from those two being able to generate offense and really that whole line being able to generate offense. But that's also, I think, a big reason why we're in the not you know we're no longer in the bottom third for power play because we have some people that can score and they do it in a smart way. They're not just doing this whole rink it in, pass a bunch, and then hope it goes in. They're they're being a little bit more surgical uh, and tactical in how they get those uh, those uh, pucks on net. So fun to watch. And what's awesome is Tolvin, and you can tell his confidence is building with each game. Mm-hmm. As long as they just keep putting him up there with Forsberg and Gramlin, they can keep that line together the whole year, and I would be happy with it. You can just tell that they, they're buzzing, and, and you know only good things are going to come if, if they get some chemistry. Yeah, and Tolvin even said Absolutely. it. He's like, I've got more potential. I've got room to grow. So, man, he's going to be fun to watch the next few years. Even if we have to go through some trouble, he's going to be fun to watch. And he's got the mustache going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's a real thing for sure. Well, yeah. To the press. Well, they said that, that was because of a bet. They said that he's growing a mustache, and UC Soros yeah. is too. They're trying to see who, who can grow the better mustache. So. Hey, when, player, when players are having fun, with the, having fun and they're – building that chemistry with each other, which is what I've been saying all season. I didn't feel like this team had chemistry. I feel like the chemistry is starting to be built a little bit with this team. Now, ask me in a couple weeks when we have to play some of these other teams, I might change my mind on that. But as of now, the chemistry looks like it's being built. So the Preds are now 10-11-0 on the season. They got 20 points, and they're within shouting distance at least of that fourth spot. But, let hey, that's a perfect segue – into our next segment, which is those division predictions. We're going to look back on all three of our predictions, uh, and we're going we're gonna to see how we're faring right now. So we're going to go ahead and put them on the screen right now for all of our uh, live viewers. Let me wait for it to come up here. Oh, boy, look at that. All right. Oof. There, and, and, and first of all, before everyone cuts in on their comments, yes, we realize we mispronounced – we misnamed – the division. It's not the South Division. Our graphic designer uh, called it the South Division, and we never changed it. So go ahead and throw us all of our com- all of your comments on how it's not the South Division. But be that as it may, that that's our original predictions right there. Um, I was the only one out of the three of us that had Carolina uh, winning the division. Colin and Rich had the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the vi- winning the division. And then uh, our top three, though, is pretty consistent there. We got Dallas, Carolina, and Tampa all in the top three. So, uh, and then, of course, you see the Preds. We all had the Preds at the fourth spot. Yep. So, we're probably not feeling too confident about that right now, guys. I, I don't know. What, you, what do you think? I have some thoughts. I mean, it, it's tough to say because it's like, okay, we have – we're in the fourth spot. We're, we're, we put, I put them ahead of Florida. I put them ahead of Columbus. That, that seems accurate. Put them ahead of Chicago. But I'm at the Red Wings, and that also seems accurate. Chicago is kind of misleading. I mean, they, they've played 23 games. I'll give them that. And they're 12-7, and seven, so they've gotten some wins. But at the same time, like, we swept them. Granted, we needed overtime to do it, but we showed we can hang with them. And so I think that once we start seeing them more, we're going to see things start to even out a little bit because we've only seen them, what, twice now, right? So we're going to – hopefully that those numbers will kind of even out. That's kind of the, the, the game of, you know, this whole – 
back to back to back type of situation when you're playing the same teams every night is that you're going to go on some tears or streaks like we did with Columbus, where you play the same team, um, you know, maybe four out of, out of six or eight nights. And so I think we can creep back on Chicago. I think that they're a very gettable team in that fourth spot that they're currently at um, Florida. I mean, we did beat them once too, and we looked really good doing it. And then there was a game where it felt more like we beat ourselves and they beat us. And so I think they're still very yeah. gettable. The big ones that concern me, I, I would say Carolina, we still looked good against, and we need to see more of a sample size because we've only had one game against them. Uh, it, it's Tampa Bay and Dallas are still the ones that really are like the big kind of dividing rod for me. So if you, look at that, if you look at that, though, so when we did this, we had Detroit obviously in eighth place. Would you have ever dreamed when we made this list that Dallas would be the team that's in the eighth place right now? Well, no. I, I was actually gonna, I was actually gonna bring up Dallas real quick. So Dallas has been a big disappointment for a lot of people. Yeah. But I don't think you can pin it all on them as no, much no, as I no. want to. As much as I want to, I got, I got to be objective yeah. here. They, well, so, I mean, they, you had the ice storm in Dallas, so that canceled some games. I mean, every every time I look up at the NHL scoreboard, Dallas mm-hmm. is involved in a game that's postponed. I'm like, yeah. I mean, this team their, is like they, they just can't get on the ice, and so yeah, they missed their uh, first what four six games because of COVID. So yeah. you ha- you have to wonder if it's going to hurt or help this team down the stretch, and that's that's remains to be seen. You can't predict that one way or the other. No one has a crystal ball and knows how the Dallas Stars are going to going to react and respond to what they've had to deal with to open this season with so many games postponed. Yeah, so I was actually gonna—I was gonna mention that we talked about earlier how the points are kind of misleading. If you go off win percentages, the standings are, are pretty different. Uh, mm-hmm, one yeah. thing that is consistent is that Nashville is actually still in the sixth spot. But uh, when you go by the win percentage, it's Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina, Chicago, Dallas, Nashville, Columbus, Detroit. So I think that's kind of where it's a more accurate depiction of where the teams are at right now. Yeah. Um, I think you know, with us being ahead of Columbus and Detroit, I think that's fair. You know, Dallas being ahead of us, you know, that makes sense because they, they've whooped us. Uh, the one that really gets me is Chicago. I think Chicago is – that they've been on a hot streak, and I respect it. And I am I'm, I will say, going you know, back to the preseason, uh, I was guilty of saying Chicago was either going to be 7th or seventh or 8th. Oh, I we all were. Be, yeah, give I, yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were not going to be a factor. Props to them for at least being a factor through checks, checks my watch here, March 1st, March 1st. But we'll see where they're at in the end of the, end of the season. We'll see if that sixth round, that, that you know, stays the, Pre- the same. Hey, the Preds swept them. The Preds swept yeah. them early in the season. So we got six more against them. So we'll see how yeah. that goes for them. So that, uh, that, that's potentially, that's, that's potentially a time where the Preds can uh, build a little bit. Yeah. Build a little bit more, uh, build some more points there. Six games against the Blackhawks. So we're going to kind of get an idea of what team they really are when we play them. But I'll, I'll go ahead and and, th- and uh, call myself out a little bit on this prediction. I was so dead wrong on the Florida Panthers. I will go oh, yeah. ahead and admit that right now. I had them finishing sixth place. Yeah, I was dead wrong on that one because the me Florida too. Panthers have arguably been the most impressive team in the, in the division to me outside of Tampa. Um, so I, I got to call myself out on that one. I was I was completely wrong on Florida. I completely overlooked them. They are a very very solid, well balanced team, is what I saw out of them. Yeah, I think we we still match up well against them though too because we you know when we play up to our potential, which it's kind of hard to say, our potential kind of floats back and forth sometimes. But when we play up to our potential, we we did well against them. I mean, it was still a close game, but we showed that we can hang with them. And then you know the other game, it just felt like the wheels fell off and. 
like I said, felt more like we beat ourselves than, than anything else. But, you know, I think that they're, they're a good team, but then it's kind of like, it's like, well, who are we, you know, what are we and who are we? Cause there are some times where we just look like there's flashes of brilliance Another, and there are other times where we just, we, we yeah. fold. Another yeah. good point to make is, so the Preds have only played 21 games and it's been mostly again, we, there's still a lot of teams we don't know a lot about in terms of head to head matchups for us this year. We, we, we've only played Chicago twice. Uh, we've, we know we know how inferior we are to Tampa. There's no question about that. Like, Everybody but like you know, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas beat us seven nothing in that one game that we can't get out of our memories. But we turned around the next game against Dallas and lost three to two and had a really good chance to tie that game up with it when we emptied our net. So I think the jury is still out on how we match up with Dallas. And I'm still not going to forget going back to last season how we beat Dallas twice on back-to-backs and didn't give them a goal in both of those games when mm-hmm. Dallas is still very much the same team they were last year. They did end up going to the Stanley Cup, but I'm just saying we don't we don't know what we are against Carolina. We've only played them once. Right. So we know what we are against Columbus. We have a small idea of how we are against Florida and Detroit, but there's still a lot to learn right now when it comes to head-to-head matchups. I will say the silver lining is knowing that we're halfway through our, our Tampa Bay matchups. Cause man, I just, yeah, <laughs> that's the one matchup I don't want to see. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like Tampa is just, they ate our lunch so bad. I mean, they, yeah. they, they really showed that they're a Stanley cup team and we're not. Uh, there's no way to argue that. Yeah. Something else that's kind of hurt Nashville a little bit is like, they have no overtime losses. Like if they could have translated some of those into some OT losses, we might have some more points and we might be a couple you know, spots higher than we are right now. So we're the only team in the central that has no overtime losses out of all the ones we've lost. So, yeah. And if we had, if yeah, we had one of three, one Wings, of three teams. Yeah. Go yeah one of three. Yeah, going, going, yeah. Right. And if we got them against, one, you know, the Red Wings, like, that close loss, that could have been a point there. There's a bunch of them that yeah. close ones. Yeah. So a point or two here that puts us ahead of Columbus right now, yeah. but you know, it is what it is. So over, over, Overall, I don't think our predictions are – you can't, like, say that our predictions were completely off or horrible. They're, like, for me, the Florida Pan- Panthers are the one team where I'm like, wow, I got that one wrong, like, really bad. But uh, I still think – other than that, the jury is still really out on this division. I mean, it – I mean, we, we, we can do this segment again in, like, three weeks, and I'm sure it's going to change a lot. So, um, so that's what makes for exciting hockey, though. That's really what makes this so exciting. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So, um, okay, so I, I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna ask you guys this then, just kind of extend this segment a little bit. So, do you all still feel very confident in your original predictions of your top four, or are you gonna take one of your teams out of your top four and put a new team in? Because hmm. hmm. I'll, I'll start first. I'll go first. So, my original top four, I had the Preds in. I'm definitely going to take the – it's an easy choice for me. I'm taking the Preds out and I'm putting the Panthers in. The one that makes it hard for me is the uh, is the Dallas Stars. I just don't know what to make of them because they haven't played that many games yet. So that's the one team where I'm like, do I leave them in my top four? Are they still the same team they were last year? Right now I would put the Florida Panthers in the top four and I would take the Predators out. That's how I would keep my top four. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I would take. I would definitely put the Panthers in and take us out. I think the Panthers have shown they belong there. Um, it's hard for me to say, especially like just from a head-to-head standpoint. Like we've only played, like you said, Carolina once, so we really don't necessarily know what they look like. Uh, in terms of the Stars, it's 
I mean, it's a small sample size just because they've only played 16 games and basically at 500. Um, looking at who they played, you know, they played uh, Chicago and Chicago got them. And so that kind of surprises me because we beat Chicago in overtime and Chicago beat them in overtime uh, twice. Carolina's beaten them uh, once in a shootout. So Carolina's that team. But we've also, you know, the first game against Carolina, we played them pretty well. We didn't get the win, but we played them pretty well. So, and then, you know, Florida's had their number a couple of times. So that's kind of tough to say. Then they've got, you know, Tampa Bay, um, and Tampa Bay kind of kind of exacted some continuation of what they did in the Stanley Cup because they spanked them on uh, on Saturday, but they got them again and, uh, on Tuesday night. So yeah. it's just it's it's tough to say. And like I said, I think it's hard to get consistency when your games are getting delayed um, or there's just things happening that you can't really you know you can't really account for. It just kind of it's hard to say who they are. Same thing with Carolina. I mean, they've had a little bit of delays here. They've had you know they, they had a minor COVID scare. I wouldn't say it was nearly what Dallas has kind of had to go through between the weather and COVID. Um, but Carolina, it seems kind of like they have some consistency issues too. So I don't think we're alone in that department, but I definitely think Florida over us right now, until yeah. we show that consistency, Florida's had more of it than we have. So that's kind of where I stand. But the X, the X factor team is Chicago. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. You know, they're like, we yeah. all put them at the bottom. I don't know if that was out of spite or if it was just because of what we thought, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it just all depends on how that shakes out with them. So that's hard to pick. Yeah. Well, I got to look at Chicago's schedule too, because I'm not sure you know, what their schedules look like. I mean, they've been, they've been basically issue free. They played, you know, actually I think they played all their games. I don't think they've had any issues mm-hmm. uh, with postponement or anything like that. But you know, as far as like yeah. what their, their schedule looks like, I mean, they play pretty much everybody and they've, we've seen kind of who they are and they have a good sample yeah. of that. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So you're listening to the Catfish and Ice podcast, episode 23 presented by DraftKings. Go get the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code THPN. We're going into our final segment of episode 23, and we have an awesome guest that we're really honored to have join us, and that is the Ultimate Predator. He is joining us now live on the Catfish and Ice podcast. There he is, yeah. What's up? How you doing, man? Hey, guys. Can you hear me okay? We can. can. Yes, sir. How are you? I can hear you awesome. I'm good. I'm good. uh, uh, It's it's a good feeling to be uh, home from home i got to go visit home last night or yesterday afternoon and that was uh that was a good thing oh, how are yeah. you guys doing yeah good we're, we're good. good we're good it's always good to, to hey, we got, a day for a win we got those winning <laughs> vibes going you know we got those winning <laughs> vibes uh do we play columbus again know. tomorrow i want to know i need to know if we play columbus again tomorrow <laughs> uh can we go ahead and schedule columbus for the rest of the season <laughs> yes. we'll that would be fine. That. Well, and I was gonna say so with you being one and zero, I mean, we got to get you, we got to get you a season pass or something. We got to figure it out. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Look, it's it's been hard. You know, I I, I, I don't really broadcast this, but uh, my tickets come from a sponsorship, and uh, unfortunately, that sponsorship has had to divvy out a lot of tickets to a lot of people. It's been a really weird season, so uh, I haven't been able to go like I usually do, but. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get at this point. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're so excited to have you on board. Uh, I know that you and I have followed each other on Twitter for some time and uh, always respect your takes, always respect everything you put into uh, just the fandom and, and everything you bring in terms of energy. Uh, you got, you got a, uh, we like to call it a spicy gift game. That's uh, always uh, appreciated yes. in terms of, uh, you know, gift I, try. I, I, I try. I saved the good ones. So I've got a quick save folder where I can get to them. <laughs> I love it. That's love smart. It. That's actually really smart. That is. Look, there, there are there are there are four uh, folders on my phone. One is pictures of uh, Courtney. One of is uh, pic- one of pictures of Banner. 
Obviously. And uh, the other two are the the gifts and the pictures, you know, the the do stuff and the you know the stuff like that. Yeah, <laughs> I love great. it. How how's Banner doing? We gotta check on the pup. How, how's he doing? He's good. We actually just found out uh, yesterday what he's actually comprised of, because um, okay. he is a mixed breed dog, and uh, uh, we knew the mother. The mother was a Jack Russell, and we just found out yesterday that he's also part Shih Tzu and part Chihuahua. So he's my little Jack Shitwawa. There you go. <laughs> I love it. We love Perfect. it. Well, we kind of wanted to get into just some, some questions about the, the history of, you know, your fandom, but also yeah, uh, your yeah. experience, pretty much a little bit of everything today. So, you know, if you could just tell our listeners, uh, you know, wh- how you started as a, a Preds fan, what that, you know, what the what the Lucha origin, origin story is uh, and uh, kind of what got you to be a Preds fan. Yeah. So uh, my family moved around a lot as I was a kid. And, and one of our stops was in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And um, that's where I was first introduced to the game of hockey. I got to see uh, Rick Tockett. I got to see uh, John LeClaire. And and LeClaire had a huge impact on my hockey fandom. In fact, in the closet behind me over here, my first hockey jersey that I ever purchased was a CCM John LeClaire jersey. Got the big 10 on the back, the big, you know, flying P on the front. And somehow I can still wear it. Um, (laughs) Oh, man, it's tight. It's tight. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, we moved down here uh, to Nashville in 92, 93, somewhere right in there. Uh, so there was no hockey anywhere for really me to, to take hold of. Um, I mean, the Blues were out there, but no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so I still follow the Flyers. I keep up with them on ESPN, the newspaper, whatever I could find. Uh, and then the announcement came in 97 that, that we were going to get a franchise. And I decided right then and there, I said, that's it. I'm, I still have a little soft spot for my flyers, but, uh, Understood. Um, Understood. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the first team. You always love that first team. You always yeah. love the ex-girlfriend. Um, <laughs> but, <you> know, uh, <laughs> uh, but I decided, I said, that's it. I'm, 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 I'm going to kind of put the flyers on the back burner. They can be like the secondary team. But I'm a Preds fan. I am a National Predators hockey fan. So I was there for game one. Uh, I have the inaugural puck or whatever mm. they gave away that day, not, yeah. not a game puck. Um, and uh, I, was, I, I, was, I was a Preds fan ever since. Um, the, the, the Luchador gimmick um, came about five years ago, six years ago. Um, I am... A, I, I did spend about 14 years in the professional wrestling industry doing all sorts of various stuff. Awesome. Um, I, awesome. I wrestled, I refereed, I booked matches, I ran the backstage area, I ran the camera. If there was something that you, I ran the concession stand, if there was something you could do in the wrestling business, I did it. And um, eventually, time, injuries, injuries, um, crept up and caught up with me and, and I had to kind of put it all away. And, um, I still, I still had that, that it never leaves you. Once you get in that business, it never leaves. You. Look at Ric Flair. He's what? 400 years old at this point. <laughs> at least. And he's still walking that aisle, strutting that stuff. Yeah. And, uh, it, it's, it, once it's in you, it's in you. And, <laughs> I saw someone 
that had uh, like a, a, a giant life-size sock monkey that they were carrying to the game. And on that sock monkey was a Predator's luchador mask. And I stopped them immediately and I said, where did you get that? They said, oh, it's in the pro shop. So I went to the pro shop and I couldn't find it. Apparently they only had like two. So I was researching and researching. I found the company that made these. They were officially licensed through the NHL. And uh, I contacted their, their sales rep and I said, I need one of those masks. And they said, cool. Here's where you order it. Here's where you do this. We'll send you a mask. So it was very much essentially um, a sock with holes in it. And there was nothing to it. That's funny. Um, and, and it was just for me. The original, the sock, there was no belt. There was no jersey. There was a jersey, but it didn't have ultimate on the back. Um, actually, in fact, the first jersey had my shoot name on the back of it. And, awesome. um, uh, and no shoes, no belt. You know, not, it was just—it was just for me. It was for me to entertain myself, and um, the mask was so cheap that it made it about ten games before it started to wear thin. There were strings hanging off of it. It looked like trash, um, and it's—it's it's actually sitting um, with with my first one of my first followers that wasn't a family member. Um, uh, I, I auctioned it off to raise money for for uh, National Humane, and so it's sitting at their house autographed. I'm like, very you, cool. paid, you paid fifty dollars for this sock. It's very <laughs> cool shirt. though. So I contacted the company again. I said, I need more. How many do you have in your warehouse? They said we have about thirty. I said I'll take them all. <laughs> Love it. Uh, and I'm I'm still sitting on two of the uh, original masks. And I contacted a mask maker out of uh, Guadalajara, Mexico. Oh, wow. uh, so this is, oh. this one and the, the, the blue one that I wear to the home games. Yeah. Um, those are actual luchador style uh, masks. They, they tie up in yeah, the Yeah, that's so and, cool. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy that makes the mask is the same. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the current wrestling product today. Um, but uh, Kalisto that works for WWE, yeah, he's got the big dragon style mask. Oh, yeah. He's got okay. the big tail in the back. My mask maker makes his masks. Oh wow! That's awesome. Wow, so, that's, that, that's legit. Yeah, I mean, wonderful guy, super easy to work with, and he's actually making masks now for a friend of mine who does the luchador gimmick for the uh, Canadians. That's awesome. Huh. That's well, awesome. So, really when, cool. when people talk yeah, about that, when people talk about the atmosphere at Bridgestone Arena, like you're 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 like a part of that. Like honestly, like because. Like you go, you go. I, I know you're trying to be modest right now, and you're not trying. But, but but hey, but hey, I can sit here and brag. I can sit here and say it all I want. You're you're a part of that atmosphere at Preds games that can't be uh, replicated at other NHL arenas. So that's that's one of the reasons why right. we're r- really honored to have you on the show. Uh, Rich, uh, Rich, you had a really yeah. good question for. Uh, so actually, for I have a I have a question and a comment. So my comment is. You're, you're kind of getting me in the feels here because, like, I remember waking up on the Saturday. It might have been on Sunday and seeing that Lance Russell and Dave Brown, that old-time oh, uh, yeah. wrestling, you know, yeah, and you know, wrestling studio, and it was, like, the, yes. the Moondogs and uh, Jeff Jarrett and all those guys. I used to wake, I used to watch that every single weekend. I love that. So oh, awesome. you'll, get a, you'll get a kick out of this uh, real quick, and I'll, 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 I'll let you ask you a question. That's old Memphis wrestling. Yep. When I was in the business, I got to do a live show 
in the Sportatorium in Memphis with, okay. uh, with, with Lawler and Dundee and, and like all those guys. So I live in Louisville, Kentucky. And you okay. know, they used to hold the live events at the um, Louisville Gardens. Yeah. They used to yeah. Have the big youth. yeah. So they used to have those. I was too young to go to them, but I always wanted to go because they would show that live feed. They'd show those live, the, the, or the recordings or whatever, and those guys just duking it out. And I just, it was awesome. Oh, I loved it as a kid, man. It was so cool. Such a weird business, but I had so much fun. <laughs> so cool. So my, so my question is, you touched on it a little bit. <clears throat> We've all been to Bridgestone, and we know how awesome it is. How awesome was it to go back in this weekend and just to be back there? Oh, man. Okay. First of all, it had been almost a full calendar year mm -hmm. since the last time I was able to go uh, inside that building. Because um, it really was shortly – I mean, it's it's been almost a, yeah, almost a full yep. calendar year since the last home game was played at Bridgestone. So, first off, let me say this: for anybody listening, watching, watching later, you three here, if you're thinking about going and you're worried about safety, don't. Right. They are very, very safe. Awesome. They've got things taped off. They've got there's only a certain amount of concession stands open. Um, there's a pre-screening process that you have to go through first. You have to wear a face mask, um, really, at all times. You can take it off at your seat, but they do kind of like, hey, if you're not eating, if you're not drinking, just go ahead and yeah. wear it. Yeah. Um, that makes there's sense. There's hand sanitizers everywhere. Awesome. Um, you know, they're, they're, and they're very, very good about, about the safety. So if anybody's worried, it's okay. Like, as safe as you can be in that environment, they're as safe as they can be. Um, but crossing that threshold for the first time, and, and walking through the line and getting that ticket scanned, and I'm just looking around, and I, it just this, it was like a year's worth of anxiety and frustration and and doom and gloom and, and everything just washed away. You know, it was it was I'm home. I this is where I need to be, and uh, it was far too long for me to have that feeling um, of, of of being of being home. Um, but it was, but at the same time, it was very strange, yeah. Because there is a lot that is closed. Um, yeah. You know, you can't really go hang out at the Barrel House like you used to. They've got that sectioned off, and only the radio guys are allowed in and out. Mm. Um, the The crowd is still very sparse and it's very spread out. So, so it's cold. Like it's cold. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, which is. Which is kind of weird to be in a to be in Bridge, even though you know that the capacity is limited. It's got to be so weird to be in Bridgestone Arena with hardly anyone in there, because that yeah, place is I've normally been, rocking. Yes, it is. And, and I've been there before for various things where there's nobody there, but I expected nobody to be there. You yes. know, at this point, I'm like, this is weird. There's only a few hundred of us here. It's and and. It's it's ice. It's supposed to be cold, but I was shocked at how cold it actually is without seventeen thousand people there. Right, and, That's a really and good just point. Yeah. natural body heat. Like, yeah, I had a jersey on. I had my jeans on, and I'm still thinking to myself, I I need to go to the pro shop. I need a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> and then it dawned on me. That's how they get you. That's <laughs> how they get you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They make you buy the merchandise. I've, I've never thought about. I've never thought about how cold. Uh, ice hockey arena can get when there's not 18, 17,000 people packed in there. 
Yeah, it's, it, it was it was weird. I mean, it really was kind of weird. I was like, oh man, it's it's oh, there's not people here. That's why there's nobody around me. Yeah, and um, and, and it, it is a different. It's still Bridgestone. Okay, yeah. first off, it is still Bridgestone, but it's different. It's not as loud because you know it's it's great when you score, but it's also hard to chant when you got your face mask on. Yeah, um, yeah. right. You know, yeah. so it's you kind of hear no. like. You know, it's a, it's, hey, so I gotta, you suck. <laughs> so I gotta, so I gotta get your, I gotta get your, just your overall opinion on how the team's looking this year. I know there's, you know, there's a lot of these talks about rebuild, and we're all fans here, and we're all diehard fans. We're gonna stick with the team no matter what happens. I've been saying this all season. I don't care if they lose every game the rest of the season. I'm still gonna be a diehard fan. But. Oh, yeah. We do want to get your opinion, though, just kind of what do you think about what's going on with the team? You know, we've got some younger players that are finding their way onto the team, like Ellie Tolvin. And I just want to kind of get your opinion, kind of like how your overall thoughts on the team so far and what's going on and your confidence and stuff. So you mentioned Tolvin, and, you know, I've been on the Chosen Ones bandwagon for, for a while now. Um, they kept saying, you know, oh, he's not ready. We're going to have to stick him on a third line, and he's better uh, than a third-line player. And I kept saying, well, just put him there. Yeah. So yeah. So he's better than a third-line player. Yeah. So let him earn his way up. It worked for exactly. Arvidsson. It worked for Sissons. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and I really, really, really want to see Tomasino get a chance up here, too. Um, I, I think a line with, uh, you know, like, like Sissons and Tomasino – and Tolvanen, that's well, a good that, line. That that yeah. would be a really that would be a you might be onto something there because that would be yeah, a, yeah. I haven't heard that line combination from anyone, but yeah. that is actually a really well balanced line because you got Sissons who's got that veteran experience. He plays defense. He's kind of your all around Swiss Army knife. He does a little bit of everything. You've got Tolvanen. That I like that. Yeah, you might you're onto and, something and, there. And, and Tolvanen and Tomasino, you've got two pure shooters. Oh yeah. yeah. Like they, those guys can shoot the puck, and Sissons can distribute and shoot. So I mean, you've got it's. I think it'd be a good line to experiment with. I think, but yeah. I'm not a coach. If I was, yeah. I'd, have a much nicer, uh, I'd have a much nicer. I'd have a much nicer room. We need to get that trend and start a hashtag. So are you? Are you? So, so Ulti, are you feeling? Are you still holding out hope that maybe we can? somehow get a fourth spot or are you more are you more focused on like the rebuild and bringing up new players and just you know thinking more like because we've been you know a lot of people have been saying we've been pushing off this rebuild for a while now and it happens to every team it's not like you can escape it necessarily so I kind of want to get your thoughts where are you at on that this is going to sound like such a homer answer but but what would you expect um, I think there's a way we can do both where I think there's enough talent on this roster that we might, even if we had to, even if we had to go into you know, like a natural rebuild process and maybe trade in that home or yeah. try to get some picks out of, out of some people for some prospects or, or anything along those lines, I still think there's enough talent mm-hmm. on this team that you could squeak in a four. And, and, but that'd be the highest you could get. We're not a top three team this year. Yeah. We're just not. Yeah. But at the same time, and I know it's a small sample size, and I know it's a small sample size against not the strength of this conference, 
But four out of the last five is a hard pill for me to swallow and say, let's chart the trade block. Mm. That's fair. I agree. Now, if we go into Carolina, because we've, we've still got the makeup game coming. Yeah. Uh, Carolina coming here. If, if, if we get the makeup game and we lose that one and we lose another series to Tampa and we lose another series to Florida, okay, four out of five was a fluke. Um, but but I, I think there is a way you can kind of do both. Because the youth on this team, I mean, if you look at what the Admirals did before the shutdown and the year before the shutdown, there's a lot of talent coming up from Absolutely. Milwaukee. A oh, lot. Yeah. So if it's done right, I think we can rebuild and still be competitive. And there's I mean, nothing – yeah, there's nothing out there that says you can't do that. You know, everyone always immediately thinks right. rebuild. That means you have to be horrible. Well, right. And so that's a really good point you make there. Yeah, well, you don't I, completely. And I, I, I tip my, I, I tip my mask to Carl Taylor and everybody down in Milwaukee. And and really, as much as everybody's on the the fire bandwagon, you got to give it up to Poyle for putting some of those players in Milwaukee to develop. So. Yeah. I don't think there is a Stanley Cup winning team right now. And even if we start the competitive rebuild process, we may make the playoffs by like a point or, you know, two points or by the skin of our teeth. But there's no way that, that the talent on this team cannot be competitive. And watching the young kids, uh, you know, Ben Harper and Tomasino and Tolvanen and, um, you know, uh, 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 even oh gosh, uh, the, you have Rem Pitlick. You have Rem Pitlick sitting down. Pitlick, there. Um, uh, 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 Geno. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the yeah. Yeah. Olivier. There's talent that is sitting there waiting for their chance, and they are going to want to prove themselves. Absolutely. So, so we want to get you on the record real quick. You are totally against getting rid of Philip Forsberg. <laughs> we're we're going to start that right. Only so if the right here. offer comes along. You and the it. right offer oh. is like, we'll give you half of the Tampa Bay Lightning okay. for Philip Forsberg. Well, well, <laughs> I, I think it was I think it was Colin's uh, trade proposal was one for one, even swap. What was it, Connor McDavid? Yeah, Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews for Philip Forsberg. Yeah, or we'll take a David Pasternak. But oh, hey, Ulti didn't that. like that. I don't even think Ulti's on board with that. No, I. <laughs> Matthews and McDavid for Forsberg. I mean, we're one. we're living in fantasy land right now, like totally. But <laughs> so, you know. well, if we're living in fantasy land. Let's work some kind of three way thing mean, where we end up getting like Sid the Kid, who I know that's going to be really unpopular. But no, Sid no, the no, kid no, no. Also you lost me there. And Austin Matthews for Philip Forsberg, no. or hey, like a bag of pucks. It's a <laughs> testament to how much we love Forsberg, though. That's for sure. Yeah. So no, that, no, that no, shuts no. the book. That shuts the book uh, on. The ultimate predator said, "Don't get rid of her." <laughs> no, 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 no. But I, I love the fact too that that it's been out there. Elliot Friedman put it out there. It was like, you know, here's a list of players that Nashville and everything has exploded. And I'm like, guys, they're all available. None yep. of them have a no trade clause except for Yossi and Rene. Yep. So, as as a technical terminology or whatever you want to call it, yes, Forsberg is available. But is he really? No. Is he really? Well, and I was I was thinking, yeah, maybe no offense to John Hines, but if we can find a way to finagle a trade for Hines for Trotzy again, I would love to bring Trotzy home. But that's just me. Oh, I would love to have Trotzy back. <laughs> yeah. I love that little ball head, Sean. I love that little <laughs> exactly. ball head. 
<laughs> yeah. Awesome. So I really, I think the best thing you said really was that's going to stick with me, honestly, is how you can rebuild and still be competitive because yeah. that yeah, is right. so true. And, and like, it's like everyone thinks it's like you rebuild and you have, that means that you're selling off and you're going to be horrible. Granted, I do think that giving away Ekholm would really hurt this team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I think that would. That, I think that, that would. Hurt. I think that would probably set this team back, depending on what we would get in return. And I don't. I think getting in return for Ekholm, you would. You would get. You'd maybe get a starter out of it, but I don't think you'd get someone who'd be an even swap for Ekholm. You would have to get some draft picks for it or something like yeah. that that you're not going to get an immediate return on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. You make a good that's point. The, the prospects are hungry and they're ready to play and they're playing well. That, that's the thing this year too. It, it's oh, that's, that's why I'm so worried about putting Ekholm or, or really anybody on the block because you're you're probably not going to get an even player for player swap. It's going to be prospects and draft picks. Yeah. The problem is, and I am not a stat guy. I am not. Let's dive really really deep. If it's not Nashville or Milwaukee, I admit straight out. I'm not into like the college hockey prospects, the European right. prospects. I don't go that deep, but everything that I read says this is a weak draft. Yeah, so yeah. trading an Ekholm for draft picks could be the worst thing that happens to this and, team. And at the same time, if we let's give them to let's say a Boston and Boston finishes in the top four of the league, that pick is going to be if it's a first round pick, it's going to be late in the first round. If it's a second round pick, maybe it's early. But then yeah, it's the prospect pool isn't great. It's not ideal. And, you know, it's just, you, there's so much unknown to that aspect of what you're going to get back in return and if it's even going to have the value that Ekholm brings. But on the flip side of that, you look at the expansion draft. You know, we can only, you know, theoretically protect three defensemen. And so it seems like Ellis, Fabro, and, and Yossi are those guys that they're going to protect. And Ekholm seems kind of like the odd man out. So it's just, it's, it's a tough spot to be in. But on the bright side, Harper has looked pretty good playing yeah. alongside Fabro. Yeah, I, I keep going back and forth on the names that I protect in the Seattle draft, and, and I'm kind of hoping that somehow, some way, there's still a little magic left in, in Poyle's bag, and he works out some sort of deal with Seattle where they go after, you know, like a prospect or something, and we yeah. can still keep a, a good core of this team. It worked for Vegas. Some of the teams in Vegas got to keep a lot of their players because they offered Vegas a, a draft pick or a prospect or, right. or something along those lines. Um, in that case, I'm what prospect of, would you uh, give up? Yeah. Say again? In that, in that case, what prospect would you give up? Man, don't, don't ask me. Don't, don't ask me questions. <laughs> You're putting him in a tough spot. That's the hard one. I'm sorry. It's like asking, it's like, asking like which, which favorite kid do you want to shoot? Like, I right. love them. Yeah. None of them. I want to keep so, every one of them. I'm going to put myself on a, out on a limb here. I actually think that I would not be surprised at all if uh, it's uh, Cali Yarncroke that we lose in the expansion draft. The way I see the numbers working out. Like, I, I don't know if they can protect oh, how, enough. How pissed would this fan base be? Because, you, you, you know, you can, you can only protect. Just to lose them. <laughs> I've just done a – I've looked at a lot of numbers, and crazy. I know it's an unpopular opinion – but you can only protect seven forwards, and I've just like it's it's like you're there's someone you're gonna have to leave unprotected that you don't want to leave unprotected, and I just keep coming back to okay has Kyle Yarncroke's uh, has his course ran out in Nashville, and maybe they 
maybe he does go go to Seattle. I could I would I could see a team like Seattle want, wanting a player like John Crow. Definitely. Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. So I'm just he kind of keeps jumping out to me as a player that could, we could lose in the expansion yeah. draft over Eckholm. Yeah, and I, I can I, I can watch I can literally watch right now the heads of so many people just explode. You protect you gave up James Neal to protect <laughs> Kelly Yardbrook to lose them. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think either well, way, I think either way I think either way there's going to be a lot of fan bases that are going to be that those expansion drafts always get fan yeah. bases uh, freaked out because they got to lose one of their favorite players. So um, especially because they have a much easier path than we did when we first started. So I'm yeah, a little bit yeah, bitter sure. about oh, that. Oh yeah, we're, we're not going to get into oh, that because that's going to get me. <laughs> That's going to get us all right up. Oh, don't get me started. That's but we did. <laughs> hey, we got David. Le- we got David Legwand, and I'm sorry that you want to talk about bad draft classes. Go back and look at the draft class that David Legwand was taking in. <laughs> we definitely made yeah, the best we- pick we could have possibly made in that in that pick. So if we're going to go there. I still got a spot in my heart for Leggy. I love him. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. All right, so uh, Ulti, we really appreciate you joining us. It was it's been a pleasure. We oh, hope that in a oh, future episode, in a future episode, we would love to have you back. Uh, just, you just tell us when we would love to have you back. This has been a blast. Absolutely. You episode, bring open. You on episode bring twenty-three. Yeah, episode twenty-three of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, this is Chad Minton with Colin Bluen and Rich Howe, and we will see you later this week for episode 24 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. Yeah. Thank you again, Ultimate Predator, for joining us. Watch, if you get to go to a game uh, coming up here soon, go look for Ulti yep. at, at Bridgestone Arena. If you're, he, he's, he's the best. He is he's simply on, one of the best out there. So Until next time, everyone, until, until next time, everyone take care and stay safe. We will see you later this week for episode 24.